and welcome once again to the How Long To Beat podcast. You join us on a very, very special episode. Uh, not only am I joined, as always, by Alex. Hey. And Paola. Hello. But we are also honoured and privileged to have with us a developer whose games we've talked about quite a few times on the podcast previously. Um, it's Cecile Richard, a.k.a. Hariva. Hello and welcome. Hello. Hello. Um, I don't know how, what to say now. Third um, time's charm. <laughs> that's absolutely the one, yep. <laughs> we definitely haven't tried this twice already. Um, <laughs> we are going to, as always, have a quick sort of get-to-know-you kind of thing mm-hmm. um, with Cecile, talk a bit about her background, gaming, all those kinds of things. We're then going to jump um, both feet first into um, her canon and body of work. Everything's going to be linked down below. Um you should absolutely check it out if you haven't already. If for no other reason, then um, the, the, the catalogue of Cecile's work is very, very uh, slim. You can get through it in a couple of hours. So all killer, no filler. Um, really, really easy to find the time and justify that to do. Um, and we're going we're gonna to sort of use the different stages and the different games that Cecile's done as sort of jumping off points to talk about um, how um, her work has evolved, what, what has changed and what stayed the same about her approach to developing, writing, all those kinds of things. Um, and we're going to see where that conversation takes. As you know, uh, the way that we do it by now, it's very unstructured, very, very fast and loose. Um, so without further ado, let, let's get straight into it. Um, Cecile, tell us about the part of the world you live in and how that affects your gaming, if at all. Um, so I'm in Melbourne, Australia. This is where I live. I've, been, I've lived here for four years now. And um, how it affects my gaming is that uh, it's not, there's no, like, you know, deadly animals around me. Um, I think, like, North America actually has more of them uh, than in Australia. <laughs> so, like, you know, that's one of, one of those things. That feels um, like coat that Australians tell themselves. That <laughs> <not>. <laughs> you might have more deadly animals, that's um, yeah. sure. Maybe not creepy, though. <laughs> I think you do. You have, like, bears and stuff. We don't have don't bears. Don't find bears in the bathroom, um, in the toilet. Bears, moose. Uh, oh, actually, yeah, you're right. Moose are so very deadly here. It's... Moose are terrifying, yeah. and they also—I'm sure—they affect your gaming. Um, <laughs> Big time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think, like, so, like the the thing I talked about before uh, in the previous uh, botched recordings <laughs> was like, you know, like internet ping and stuff. But you know what affects me immediately is that it's really fucking cold here because it's winter. And my fingers are freezing every time I, I attempt to game on my gaming PC that is hooked up to my TV. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. What is freezing? I, I'm, I'm just curious. Oh, oh, we're freezing. getting into that. You're talking to the Canadian here. Freezing. I'm like, yeah. Okay, so it's nine degrees Celsius ah. in my that's city nothing. right now. That, but, that's okay. like a mild summer's day in England. Okay, okay, but hear me yeah. out. Oh, okay, okay. How cold do you think it is in my house, in my household, inside my oh. four walls? Oh, yeah, I'm that's cold. exactly what I'm. I'm literally constantly talking about this on Twitter. It's like yeah. horrible. If you follow me, I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Like I'm always like installation, you know. Like, <laughs> completely like, to hold heat. Yeah, yes, but yeah, oh. they they are. Yeah, they are. No, actually, you know what? They're not designed to do anything. They're designed cheaply to you know to get landlords to do a killing by getting by hoarding all the properties or whatever, and then renting yep. it out to us when we have little to no rights. 
so anyway. You're talking my language right now. <laughs> <laughs> if you just joined us, we're how long to beat Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> oh. See, I feel you. We're yeah, the opposite. How cold here. is your health? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I hear. Our house is built to retain heat. So in the summer, now, which is now, we just die because it's like, <laughs> just like, yeah. sorry, yeah. it's hot. And then in the in the winter here, it's, you know, it's like minus 40 outside and it's fine inside. Um, but you step outside and you're just like, yeah, how about a big nope? <laughs> just turn back in. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's really, yeah, it's really pleasant outside, actually. Sometimes I'm just like, I've been like really into walking these days and I'm just like, Walking is great, and I just like go walk in the park and stuff, and it's really, really nice. But anyway, that's not about gaming. So um, yeah, that's, <laughs> let's <right>. get back. <laughs> that's the flavor text right there. <laughs> a little bit of lore. And in terms of gaming, what's your background with gaming? What kind of games do you gravitate towards? I wasn't always um, really interested in games, to be honest. Like I feel like it's it's kind of like a thing that I've always kind of mindlessly enjoyed as a kid, um, along with like reading books and drawing and like all that all the stuff that kids do, watching TV. Um, <laughs> and and I, I would just be really just kind of not really thinking about it until like I I got introduced to my like first I guess like real game that I willingly decided, huh, maybe I should check this out, was like, um, this, my, my friend of mine was like, hey, you should install Team, not Team, you should not install Team, you should, in- <laughs> you should install Team Fortress 2, you should install <laughs> Steam to install uh, these, like, uh, Steam keys that I have, um, you know, like, just free ones, and, and one of them was um, Sword and Sorcery, and, and I played that, and I was like, oh, wow, um, there's, like, this world out there of, like, games that are really thoughtful and beautiful and honestly really like narrative based and interesting and that sort of stuff and like I feel like ever since I've just been really gravitating towards like that sort of like text heavy um uh video games like I think like my favorite game ever is Disco Elysium so it's it's like you know like all those games where you like read a lot um and you feel things and you're like you kind of like stare into the distance <laughs> after playing it and you're like that sort of thing and you know you stay up until 5 a.m playing those things um and, and that, that that's kind of like my type of game but also team fortress too um <laughs> i also i want to ask because i feel like i i, I think i saw you t- tweet it i don't really use twitter but i saw a thing like talking about the the ham taro gba games were those games that oh you- yeah yeah that that's like my childhood like so like my my um my mom's japanese so like one of the things that she really wanted us and me and my siblings to to have like is like if we were gonna have like games on the game boy uh it better be in japanese because otherwise like you're just only be exposed to french which is my main language and and like that's you know that's not fair uh so yeah and like so so that was like her like kind of like strategy to get us to like learn how to read um japanese which is uh which i think was really smart uh, <laughs> really really good um so yeah the Hamtaro games like i think they're still like fucking banger games i love to be like a rodent um in a in a place <laughs> and you know making some cute little gestures I love that stuff. It's great. I love love those games. There's a contingent of our community who you do not know just how much you've pleased them right now. 
Well, we <laughs> yes. are very happy about it. <laughs> well, we had Hamtaro Ham Ham Harper. We do like a game of the month thing, right? And like for months, there was like almost a year every month, there was like a contingent oh just trying God. to get that game on and it did win like a few months ago and it was very yes! exciting. <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's so good. I love those games. They're so do, right. Do you know how long how long ago did you last play those games? Uh, like a few years ago. I think like I actually like got them onto like an emulator and then I, I, I just played them and I was like, yeah, this is fucking Ross. <laughs> it's still good. If they're part um, of the so... <laughs> Rick's not as big of a fan. I love them. <laughs> Clearly you don't Clearly you don't know how, how it's like to be a cool rodent. Exactly. <laughs> I can't relate that. That's clearly so, my fatal fall. Actually, this is interesting because I've, I've been wondering. So yeah, French is your first language. Um, yes. And in Japanese as well. And so English, because your English is just flawless. So, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. so I'm wondering too, because I'm curious, because I know you've got a bit of an Australian accent. Did you learn English like based on Australia? I'm just curious where all that comes from. Uh, I just have like a, a way of, le- I don't know. I, I just kind of, I'm a sponge of, of, ex- of accents and, and I just nice. grab whatever uh, is around me. Well, I guess it's, it's not like, I think like <laughs> probably four years ago, I probably didn't sound like this at all. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it's only going to get worse from here. Yeah. I think like in, in, in four more years, I'm going to be like, just horribly right in the outback you know. oh yeah like i think that's that's what it's gonna be like uh. i just anyway i just find that neat like i teach english as a uh like um to immigrants here and in, in, uh, as like another part of my one of one of my many gigs and so i just i always find it interesting because i noticed too some of my students eventually start to talk like canadians in english right mm-hmm. like they've just had that very like it's just like they start to absorb it. That's what they've been learning. But then I also have students who yeah. like learned English in Britain and they sound British when they talk to me. I'm like, That's really funny. Right, yeah. yeah, I was thinking like there was like there's an alternate universe where like I like as a teen would have moved to like northern England. <laughs> like imagine like the alternate universe where I sound northern English. <laughs> I, That's I just my neck of the woods. Like, I'm, I'm trying and failing to process it. <laughs> because <laughs> Rick's like oh my god <laughs> yeah, I, I have quite neutral English but like up north there's there's some accents yeah there. yeah exactly I, I could have yeah I could have ended up in Lancashire wait hey pet I'm Cecile <laughs> <laughs> oh god I didn't even understand what that was <laughs> don't worry about it please still I remember when I did visit England I remember going through Northern Ireland and then Wales and but I think when we were in Northern Ireland actually that was when our bus driver who was English the 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 Northern Irish bus driver, he's like, oh yeah, have you ever gone over to hang there? And I like asked the guy, and I was like, do you understand what he said? And he's like, shh, no. <laughs> I'm like, okay, like, you just had to pretend the whole time. And then time. you got to Wales, and you didn't know what was going on. Yeah, I didn't know what was going on in Wales. <laughs> but video okay. games. Sorry, video games. Yes. Oh gosh. See, now we're on yeah, tangents. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so that's what how you mean? know it's good. Yeah. yeah well, exactly. Um, yep. <laughs> what do you mainly play on Cecile? Like, what do you what do you gravitate towards in terms of like consoles, PC, handheld? Um, yeah. So like, I I I literally just have a Nintendo Switch right now. Um, and and the and the the famous gaming PC that is hooked up to uh, the TV, the television in my living room, uh, <laughs> on which I play like games on my couch in a horrible posture that no one should ever imitate. Yeah, I was going to say, so for the benefit of the audience, I, I already know because we already went over this. What <laughs> are you playing? What what 
um, controller or input are you using to play your games on the TV? Yeah, so I have a, a mechanical keyboard and fancy mouse that I use uh, at my desk usually. I just bring that over to the living room, onto the coffee table, and then I, I just, like, look like a little goblin, um, like, <laughs> while, like, trying to play these, like, really cool games. I'm just, like, yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm just going full goblin mode onto my keyboard and mouse, um, which is uh, not good, not not really good. You, you get – I don't think this is going to be good. I, I actually think it's going to, like, have lasting effects on, on my uh, body. Uh, I'm, like, 27 years old now. Uh, I don't think I should be doing that. Um, but I'm still doing it because I can. Please use a TV tray or something. <laughs> I guess, I don't know, pile up board games or boxes Box. or whatever. Make <laughs> yourself a table, please. I feel People you, though. People have some gnarly setups. You can mm. buy, like, proper padded things that, like, sit over you so you can have mm. like almost a desk on your couch and then the tv is just like way over there but then that you know you gotta move it and store it you know like <laughs> it's a whole thing yeah i feel why, why, why would i do that when i can simply shrimp yeah, exactly <laughs> <laughs> said no chiropractor ever um yeah like i just turned 30 and i'm like man my back is starting to get me <laughs> like yeah. Yeah, it's like how like every year I like unlock a new like type of hungover, and I'm like, oh, wow, this is new. <laughs> like I didn't know I could feel this, but here we go. <laughs> yeah, it's like whoa. <laughs> so I'd, I'd normally ask you what what got you into gaming, but obviously we've sort of talked about that with with Team Fortress and Sword and Sorcery. Um, <laughs> but what what got you into game dev? Because obviously it, it's not something that you necessarily were growing up thinking I want to be a game developer. No, I never thought about that. I, was, I didn't. I, I thought games came out of you know thin air. So like, I never thought that people made them um, <laughs> until actually like until I I got to know people who actually makes them, and and um, the one of the key you know group of people that I met who really introduced to game dev uh, were the developers of No Longer Home, which is a really lovely game that everyone should play. Um, Currently sixty percent off in the Steam sale if this comes out in time. Let's go. Um, yeah, no, it's 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 fucking good, is what it is. Um, it's also a narrative heavy, like uh, read a lot game. Uh, it's extremely my jam, <laughs> and um, yeah, like it's they they were extremely nice to me. They were like, hey, you should come visit us in London, and I was like, okay, I'll do it. Um, this is something that will come up so very often in this interview. I think I'll I'll. I'll tell a story of someone being like you should do this and i'd be like yeah okay and <laughs> just do it <laughs> um and yeah like i think like from from like getting to know them i got to know more game devs and from there on like you know you just kind of like realize that actually like a lot of like these things can be very very um uh accessible and like i think like the the the, the pinnacle of of accessibility for me when i got into game dev was bitsy and that was just like it just clicked, I think, um, and and I just made Novena, and that was that was it. And, and then I, had, I can't I can't go back into not being a game dev now. So I guess this is what I am. Genie's <laughs> out of the bottle, right? It's like... <laughs> <laughs> can't put it back in. And then um, I I do want to touch on this again because I think it was like a really interesting thing that we touched on the first time in terms of your approach. Because obviously you're not just a, a game developer; you're a writer. You do stuff with zines and um comics and things like that um how do you approach those things um do you have um the medium in mind first or 
do you have an idea and then maybe it starts as a game becomes a comic or becomes a story or the other way around how how does that process work for you I think like um up until up until now it's been a lot of like um having ideas just simmer in the back of my mind forever and and um and then I would like try making a comic out of it and maybe it doesn't work out maybe it does work out and you know that sort of stuff and then I would try to make a game about it and then it's like okay that works I think like for games in particular it's it's a little bit special in a way because I think like I got into a phase of making games uh, because it was just so much easier than like drawing um <laughs> so I was like yeah I guess I'm making games now and I can just like adapt a lot of my ideas into into making games um and so like a lot of like yeah these very old ideas just got made into video games and like Nevena's one of those examples and then I think like the first three games for sure like Nevena Continental Drift and La Scroll but three three of those yeah those those three are just like really um ideas that I've had forever that ended up becoming games Hmm. Okay, and we'll definitely get into those uh, very, very shortly because we're, we're almost at the game segment, um, <laughs> which, is, which is always good. Are we still recording, Alex? Please. Of course we are. We're good. Everything's fine. Yeah. There are no problems anymore. <laughs> One last question before we do jump through. Um, what's the story behind Horiva? What What's the, the thinking with the username there? Is that a made-up word? Has it got a, an origin or a lore or...? Um, yeah, the, the lore is, is that um, it's from a game, actually. It's from a browser-based MMO called Glitch. And um, I really liked that MMO. It was around for like a year or something. And I got into it like six months before it got shut down. And I was really sad when it shut down. And anyway, like there's like a lot of like locations in that game that were like really beautifully illustrated. And, and, and like one of the names that were included in, in those locations was, was Riva. And I started using that, I think like uh, on a, on a Tumblr, on a random like blog that I had. And, um, and I just stuck. I, I don't know. I was like, yeah, this is, this is me now. Um, so yeah, that was, that's it. Always the way of it. And um, yeah, for, for the audience, uh, that was closed down so that uh, the guy could make slack. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we sadly learned Tiny Deck evolved. Yeah, we had a moment where we were like, oh my God, imagine. Like, I think I said, like, I can't believe we just like shut down like such a nice thing to make like um, a Discord for boomers. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Oh God, I know. <laughs> That's, and, and that's there's another universe things. where that recording was heard and, and enjoyed by all. But we're here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm missing Paula. She will join us shortly. We have lost. Yeah. She'll be back. Um, okay. Shall we move into games? Let's absolutely do that. Now, we're, we're absolutely going to sort of talk game by game by game. But before we do, there is something I wanted to pull out. So um, in the, the lead up to sort of planning and organizing this recording, um, Seal was kind enough to share with us... Um, uh, a link to a talk that she did for um, the Australian, I think it's ACMI, is it Australian Culture Museum? Yeah, we call it ACME. Yeah. ACME. There you go. Um, and they... Um, the Looney Tunes. Very- <laughs> That's what it that. makes me think of that as well, yeah. yeah sorry. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> okay. Rick. Looney Tunes type thing. Yeah, well, you know, the ACME Corp. Anyway, it's fine. <laughs> ACME Game Development, it just comes out of cardboard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, but we there's like a two-hour talk covering sort of your work from Nirvana up to, um, I believe, Under a Star Called Sun. I think at the time you were working on Hope because you talk a little bit about the Cable Ties collab there. Um, but there's something you talked about um, in relation to Continental Drift and in relation to sort of an artistic choice that you made in developing that game about 
um, art and offering to, to the audience rather than sort of a voyeuristic personal pursuit. Uh, I was hoping we could sort of dig into that a little bit before we start, what that means to you, um, what it meant to you, if those two things are different at all. And um, yeah, what, what the thinking behind that is. Yeah, um, I'm trying to remember what I said before. It was really smart, and I don't think, ah, <laughs> oh, damn it. Um, <laughs> uh, damn it, I'm only smart once. <laughs> I used my smart, Damn it. Um, anyway, uh, what I, I think like what I meant with that is that like it's basically like the idea of like leaving your work out and like letting the audience just like figure out what it means and, and you know, like craft their own like relationship with the work itself without like the input of like my not so much intent but like my like my own like interpretation of it I guess like just be like I could say oh it's about this thing or whatever but like that doesn't matter like it, sh it really should be like whatever you take from it if our like interpretations match then like that's pretty cool but if it doesn't that's also okay and like I think like it's kind of like when I said that back then that was like two years ago um I, I think like what I really was maybe like pushing for is this call for like you know um I think I mentioned death of the author but like yeah. basically like having this idea that like you really shouldn't rely too much on like the author's like intent and actually like make up make up your own like interpretation of it and like just engage with art in a way that is a little bit more active than um just receiving like whatever ideas and like I think like the idea of like I think I had mentioned um writing a therapy um the way that a lot of people make art these days especially with like the advent of like social media um where like mm. oversharing is like extremely common common and it's like very very personal things that people just like put out in the open without really like a lot of like that um, it, I guess like the, the, the idea of it is like, it's authentic, but like, what is authentic when everything is, you know, <laughs> when everything is fake, everything is when on everything social media and social media is yeah. not like, you really shouldn't be like taking that to, to face value basically. And, and like, I think like, I don't find writing to be like therapeutic at all. Like, I, I think it's just something that I do and it, it's not like the catharsis is not in making the thing um, or sharing it or whatever. Like the, those like that processing work, I've already done that, like outside of art making. And like, I think that, that, that is basically like what, what I, I meant, I think back then. And I still agree with that sentiment about just make your thing, put it out there and the audience will find whatever meaning they want to in there. And like, it's kind of out of your hands and that's okay. Like just being okay with that is, is fine. And like, if they try to like psychoanalyze you from there, like then, you know, they'll always be wrong. You can always tell them, well, you're wrong. So, you know, that's, even if they're right, you can tell them they're wrong and that's beautiful. Um, that is interesting too. Though. Yeah. Cause like when you mentioned the idea of like, I, I, I feel like you're articulating something I've been thinking about for a while, but like that concept of like, when the art is over personalized, sometimes there's this feeling too of like, it's it's almost hard to interpret at times because you're like, well, that's just like mm -hmm. what this person has experienced and thus their take on it is probably the accurate one. You know, like it's that kind of like, yeah, when it when it is a little vaguer um, and kind of left up 
for the audience more. I feel like I'm I'm almost invited a little more to interpret and to be like, okay, I can have my sort of view on it, which I also think is maybe a contention even in in internet spaces in general. Like people sometimes get really stuck in their interpretation oh, of do. something, right? Yeah. <laughs> But it's like, oh, art can be experienced in many ways. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Sorry, go on. Oh, no, no, go for it. I was just going to say, it's interesting that you sort of contrast that with social media, the idea that um, you almost want to pull yourself back from what is a more expressive um, production. Yeah, it's it's essentially like everything that I make is like a performance. Mm. Um, and it should be seen as such, basically, and not like a journal entry. <laughs> nice. I like that. And so let, let's take that straight into Nirvana, which obviously was, was your first game, uh, a game that we all really, really enjoyed. And I think actually was all of our first experiences yep. with your um, body of work as well. Um, obviously, it was your first game. You didn't have any sort of um, formal background or, or anything like that. What What was the learning process like for you? Um, with Bitsy, with creation in general, um, how did that kind of thing come about? Yeah, so um, Novena, oh, great. I I just love thinking about Novena, and like it's still so hard for me to. Yeah, it's it's and it's still really hard for me to say like what you know in a short sentence like what Novena is like what is it about or whatever. It's like I don't know. Um, I really don't know. It's like people ask me and I'm like I don't. I really don't know. Um, and then like um, so yeah. So like the the learning process when I made the actual game was um, I just picked up Bitsy. Um, and at the time, uh, Bitsy was really just small and fairly like bare bones in a way, like with features. So like I didn't really feel overwhelmed with like all the or everything and like I didn't feel that like paralysis that you, you get you can totally get like with certain like game engines where like there's like f- so much and 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 you could do anything and it's like that's the problem I hate when I can do anything um <laughs> so <laughs> I had this like very very specific idea that I that I had in 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 my mind I had this Im- image of like um a person or something um a person going into the ocean at night and um meeting something an entity something that kind of like changes their life and um I had that image and I I tried to make a comic about it and then um it didn't work um maybe I I probably also like tried to like write a, a short story about it also didn't work um and so like the catalyst for like me making the game was that like Bitsy has this like monthly jam with like a theme every every year every year every month <laughs> and uh, the theme that time was ocean and that just like clicked for me I was like oh I know exactly what I'm doing and um so I I, I made the game I wrote the poem um that 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 I, I did that first basically I was like okay I'm gonna give it a go I'm gonna see like if I can write something that is like um small and works and sounds good and pretty much first try it sounded pretty good so I was I, I did some minor editing for it but then it was it was done I was like okay I know exactly what I'm doing it's like it's got nine parts that's perfect um and and just like make that work into a, into the structure of a game um so like everything kind of like aligned in a way that was like extremely easy for me to make like I, I I wrote the thing it worked um I made the art uh pixel art 
I wasn't really familiar with pixel art, but mm-hmm. I was like, you know what, I'm just going to wing it and see if it works. And like the, 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 the way that Bitsy is that it's, it's just so restrictive that it's quite freeing in that sense. It's like, mm-hmm. well, you don't need to worry about the details, just do something that looks right and that's fine. Um, and, and then I, I, I just like put everything together and in like a week, pretty much it was done. Like I had a week to, to make it. I took the week and it was done and then I released it on itch and and it kind of blew up (laughs) yeah Yeah. uh it kind of blew up and it was like really weird (laughs) because it was like my first thing my first thing that i ever made it's like well everyone you know it's just like uh you know i posted on twitter and and everyone on twitter was like wow this is good and then like the the each um page the each front page like featured it and i was like whoa all right then and and that like i feel like like i said this before but like being um Feature on the front page of it is kind of like a a, a a boost that to to your like I don't know visits or whatever like to visibility that momentum is just like it 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 is never gonna go away like that novena was the first thing that ever like you know got a lot of attention that I made and it's still the thing that gets the most attention um, ever yeah. since so you know yeah and that is like. That is a blessing and it's a curse. Like, um, and, and, but like, you know, you kind of like have to learn to, to live with that. And, um, I, I did struggle with that a little bit, um, at first. And, uh, I think we're going to talk about that with Continental Drift, but yeah, like, I, I think I, I said, yeah, like, well, like, shit. <laughs> like, I, I, I'm damn it. I, 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 damn it. First of all, I'm a game dev, but second of all, like the first thing that I make just kind of fucking blows up so like what do i do now like what, what the hell like what what's what what am i gonna make next that is like as good mm. scary terrifying <laughs> um but yeah <laughs> well um oh, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I, so no, no, go we were gonna we were talking too about because i know i think it would be interesting to talk a little bit about our experiences with it as well since it's you know so unique in in, in each way and like i know for me when i was playing this game in particular grew up next to the ocean but also like you know i I, we've talked about this in the podcast before like i've struggled with depression my whole life um but not any longer (laughs) and so playing this game though it actually felt very like you know you've got the ocean and and i've always identified the ocean as being strong and kind of scary right like i think if you grow up next to it in particular you recognize like the immense power of the ocean um but then also amidst that immense power i felt like there's this it it felt like there was this kind of um now i'm losing my words there was this sort of reflection on the idea that there are those in our lives that seem very kind of powerful and sometimes even i i don't know if you've all felt this but like personally sometimes i meet people who they kind of like they almost frighten me in how like together they seem right like they're just like Mm -hmm. They just exude this kind of confidence of like, yeah, I, I know who I am and I've got this. And then there's that question of like, well, I don't know if that's really true for anyone, right? Like everyone um, has some kind of struggles or needs that connection. And I feel like connection is something that um, runs through quite a few of your games. In, but it, it always in different ways, which I think is really mm-hmm. interesting because like it's not like the same theme of like isolated and looking for this. It's it, it all has different shades on it. And so this one to me really, really resonated in that sense of like, needing and requiring these small visits to get to know someone, but how like even small encounters can build up into something meaningful. So yeah, that was kind of my, my, my take when I went through it and I I found it very moving. 
Mm, and that, that's definitely a part of it. I think it's interesting having played it again a couple of days ago, the, the climate change message. I would never have thought on my own. I know you mentioned to Steel that people have sort of come to you and said, oh, it's about climate change. I can kind of see that because it, you know, talk about the ocean not answering it. It's mm -hmm. an easy read. I don't think it's necessarily a read that I share. Um, for me, it was almost about like presence and mm -hmm. and love in the sense that the the main character of the story just keeps coming back and just keeps showing up. Um, and I think the bit that really got me when I played it is the bit right at the end when she's, when the ocean's like, well, you can have your wish, you know, I'll give you what you want. Um, and it just finishes on, you wish to visit tomorrow. Mm. And that just really, it, it moved me the idea that a presence and just wanting to be there and that sort of unconditional kind of love, um, that that's the read that came from it for me. Um, what about you, Paula? Well, for me, it was very similar. I did get like that climate change vibe at some point, but it was like, no, yo, like this person keeps showing up regardless of how the ocean feels, because there was like this time where the ocean was like, oh, there, there was a thunderstorm and it was like, oh, scary, but the person just show, show, showed up like anyway. And mm -hmm. um, that kind of like represented how, um, for example, some friends or family just stick with you, even though some people may think that they can only do 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 wrong or like damage them when they're like lashing out because of feelings. Yeah, there's kind of that. Yeah, you know, Polly, you hit on something there too. Like, because I think there is like this sort of, um, you know, you, you kind of hear this this kind of discussion talk a little bit. Like, there's the idea of like the cut out the toxic folk, right? This concept, um, which like to a degree I understand. If someone's like abusive, you cut them out of your life. Right? Like, I get that. Mm -hmm. But then there's also that thing of it's like, you know, you can't necessarily cut everyone out um when people are having a hard time right that's often when they need that sort of connection and like there is like a worthwhileness and like being there for someone through thick and thin right um and so i feel like there was like part of that in there too where it's like oh even in like you mentioned probably like the thunderstorm moments the scary moments it's like i'm gonna still come visit do what i can help you out right um yeah <clears throat> i suppose it almost goes against the spirit of the the the, the whole sort of offering to the audience thing, but do you mind sharing <laughs> to see what your thinking was behind it when you made it? You, no, you I can totally, yeah, I can totally, it's fine, don't worry. Um, because people can just feel like, tell me I'm wrong or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's fine. Um, no, I think like my, so one of the things, it's really hard to formulate, but mm. when I wrote it, I, I wrote it from the perspective of the ocean um in a way like I, I i was thinking like i was thinking about this character that's like yeah like 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 you said alex i, th I think like it you really i'm glad that you got it like the, this idea that the ocean as like this resilient um like entity that is like a constant and for a lot of people there are always people who are constants like that who are like always there and always seem strong and just always seem to be doing maybe fine <laughs> and and it's like but you know sometimes you gotta ask like hey how, how are you doing you know like maybe they're not doing that well <laughs> and, and like and like and and sometimes they can even just like just completely break down and and push you away and you know like try try to just isolate themselves and and it is also like on you to I mean, on you or like you, you as in like as as a friend or as like you know someone who loves another person. Just you know, 
keep trying like you know keep keep trying to reach out until maybe maybe the, there's a time where it's like a little bit more okay and and that that's that 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 resilience goes both ways right like and and it, it is about that i think <laughs> um that that anyway was like maybe the kind of mindset that i was in when i wrote wrote the game for sure hmm. and um we'll, we'll definitely sort of take the the, the thread of oh shit, what do I do now, intercontinental drift. But I think mm. b- before we do, it's worth asking, obviously this was your first game, it was made under time and other constraints. In hindsight, you know, with, with all the experience you've got since, is there anything you'd do differently about that? Um. So I, th- I think like generally I would say no, like, but technically I know I know this because I've I've actually changed like one, one or two things in the game, like when I um, updated the game, because someone told me like, hey, it's like running really slow on Chrome right now. And it, it, the reason why was because it was like a really old version of Bitsy. And for some reason, like some stuff happens, computers are evil and they will fuck up everything that you make. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so, so I was like, oh, OK, I'll just up- update the game. Um, and it was like it took a little bit more trouble than I thought it would, but it was fine. Like uh, I was still like I still made it in like a few hours, if anything. Um, and so the one thing that I changed, um, aside from like the whole, uh, optimizing the game so that it runs better, um, is that I added a, this hack that makes the sprites transparent. So it's like a little bit nicer to look at. And, um, I fixed a text thing that was bothering me for years, um, where I put, um, so there's, there's like one line in the game that was like starting on the second line instead of the first line. And that was like killing me every time I would see, I'd be like, Oh fuck, I need to fix that. And then I forgot to fix it. And then I fixed it finally. So that, that is the one thing that I would do differently. (laughs) It's just like, yeah, I would fix that like text thing. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And so that brings us to the, the difficult second game, as it were, continental drift um yeah so the, the the proverbial question what next after nirvana yeah yeah what next um this is like oh man that was hard this this was hard to make it was hard to make and it was hard to release and it was hard to like process the entire thing um so th- this is a game that i made also like as part of a bitsy jam it wasn't like a commission or it wasn't anything like that um so it was like a self driven thing where I was like well I need to make something and I had this idea in mind of making like this game and this is probably easily my most like directly personal um game mm-hmm. uh and and which is probably why like in that Acme interview um I was talking about like that sort like that whole like art as an offering like stuff um as a way to like I don't know like also kind of like just just thinking about like this game that is like clearly my most personal one and like and still trying to like put some distance between like that and and me as a person (laughs) at the same time so like a lot of like these the elements in in the game are like 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 authentic in a way like authentic authentic in the way that it's like as as close to the real thing as I can remember, but like it, because it is filtered through my own memory, like it still has that like layer of 
mythologization of like your own history in a way and um so like it's it's still not like the whole truth and it's not the whole picture of like who I am or like what I've lived or whatever it's like this this like embellished or like different version of like what I made and what I who I am or like what I got gone through whatever Mm -hmm. and anyway so like it is like this game where you are stuck in one room for the entire game uh and that was because the theme of the jam that this was made for was run one room and so I I use these like floor plans (laughs) from like all these like places that I lived in and all the like most Actually, maybe, like, half of the floor plans I actually managed to get access to, like, through, like, real estate um, listings and stuff, which is, like, actually kind of messed up because you see, like, places that you that look like or, like, what literally were the places that you lived in, but, like, they're, like, completely different mm-hmm. because someone else lived there. And it's, like, oh, wow, this is so, like, such an odd out-of-body experience in a way, but... Um, yeah, it's it's fascinating and, and just like even just kind of like triangulating like what where is that window just by like looking through like Google Maps and like obsessing over that, that sort of stuff. Like so this is like also like an idea that I've had. Like I wanted to make a zine uh with like all, all my um the floor plans of the places that I lived in for some reason. I, I really wanted to make that and then I never got around to that and I just didn't really find a good angle for it in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I, I just like ended up making this story about a person who just feels very like stuck in one place despite changing the, the place that they live in like many times. And then like finally they find an, uh, a place at the end where they feel like they can finally kind of get out of the box that they made for themselves. Which is kind of um, never in the context of trying to get away from the success of Nirvana. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> hey. I I didn't think of that, but but that's that's that is interesting. Maybe maybe there is some of that in there. Um, but yeah, it's like I still I still think of like Continental Drift as like a, a bit of a black sheep in my like body of work. Like not not in a bad way necessarily, but it's like just so vulnerable. Like as a a a piece, and like I'm I'm like very I don't know how to feel about it really. Like it's I think it's like a very I still think it's quite good. It's not my best game at all. Um, not even one of the better ones, but there is something about it that is like, I can't just like delete it and pretend that it doesn't exist because it's like, that's kind of like dishonest. And I don't know, yeah, well, you know, it, well, what is that gonna gonna do, right? And like, you know, I think like the, 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 the there are like a few people that played it and like, were like, wow, like this, is really like it just really resonated with me and like uh, and like if if you know that that's all that matters really in a way like it's like I'm not I don't mind <laughs> like if, I don't mind not making a perfect game if uh if that means that like uh some people really like it you know that's that's all right and I think like doing this exercise and I I just had to make something right like I just had to make something else otherwise I would just be like stuck forever and even then I was still like still really unsure and like self-conscious about this game i was like i don't know like is it, i don't know like is it, is it is it not as good is it like blah like I, I would just like ask myself all these questions and stuff even, even though it got like fucking featured like packs or whatever and like yeah it's like it's a good sign i don't know it's 
Mm. Yeah, right. But like, I was like, I don't know. It feels like it doesn't deserve it, right? I, I just had that that, that really like self conscious moment, um, which got fixed like when I made Endless Scroll. Yeah, <laughs> I like got over it. Like once I I, I made Endless Scroll, I was like, oh, you know what? Never mind. I am actually doing great. Like it's like actually I can make good work. It's fine. Um, I have to say, so, too, yeah, it was, it was, yeah. Like, I was gonna say the music in Continental Drift is a banger. Like I wrote down my notes. I was like, damn, music's great. <laughs> I was like, I was always. Oh really? Oh, I love oh, the music. I'm in that so one. glad to hear that. <laughs> it's so good. It's um, yeah. My friend Nikki, uh, I I just like asked them like, hey, like, can I use this track from like this thing that you made? And they were like, yeah, go for it. And like, it's like really like a very, it's a very personal choice of music. In, mm. in, and like, uh, some people have said like, it doesn't really match the like tone. And I was like, like well, maybe. I dig it. <laughs> but it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter because like, you don't have the full context for that. So it's fine. Like, you know, like it's fine if you don't get it. Yeah. That's uh yeah. It's neat too. Cause like, I, I, I think I might be one of people that this sort of resonates with. Cause like I haven't, I've not moved nearly as many <laughs> countries as you have, but um, <laughs> I've, I've moved many cities, um, you know, throughout Canada and whatnot. And like, there is that question of like, where do you actually belong? Um, how important is the connection to kind of land area? Cause like, you know, even have a home now I have my like hometown, but like it's unrealistic and, it's not going to happen that I'm going to live there. Right. So it's like, mm. and, and neither do I really want to, like I have this connection to it, but then I also feel a stronger connection to a different place that we grew, that we like spent time, you know? So it's like, it's interesting. Like I found the the meditation in, in this one on like how important is place land where you live, where you're from, how do you know where you belong? Do you choose it? Is it something that's given to you? Like, I just thought that was really interesting. Um, yeah. I think like um, belonging and like choosing your place in the world was like themes that that I was obsessed with for like a lot of like a very long time and then I after making continental drift I was like yep like I'm done like I've I don't need to like touch on this stuff anymore like I've made this thing and um it's fine now. Like I, I, I don't need to like ever like think about this ever again. <laughs> you <laughs> know, and, and not, not in a bad way. Not in a bad way. Yeah, exactly. It's out of my system. It's like I've made this work. It's not perfect. It's fine. Like, but it is like as in a way, it is extremely appropriate for like the theme and the way that my relationship with that theme. So like I, I, I have no like, which is why I haven't deleted the game. Which is why I'm not ashamed of the game. And I, I still think it's like really like for what it is, it's really good work, right? Like I, I can't, you know, I can't diss it uh, for no reason. <laughs> and it is exceptional in your catalog in that it is quite hewing quite close to the bone, I suppose. Um, and I think that's where the, the quote sort of comes up in the Acme interview because you're mm. talking about, I think you initially wrote it with like first person pronouns and then yeah. you made the choice to pull it back into second person. Obviously all the, all the, the floor plans and everything else is the same, but you've, you introduced a layer of separation, no matter how thin. Um, and I think that's the interesting angle of it. And that, I think that's one of the things that was so interesting about that quote and also in, in mind of, sort of the rest of your body of work, because it is um, a little bit different in that respect. Um, yeah. And uh, I suppose it was also interesting to me then just to take us into Endless Scroll, because Endless Scroll is definitely more like a, a story about other people. But there's this very intense moment sort of in the in the third act um, mm -hmm. where the, the character confronts 
um, I suppose, a, a demon symbolizing sort of negative um, self-talk and depression and all those things talking about, um, you know, wouldn't it be easier to just call time on it and all of this? And it, that moment feels quite personal, but I also think maybe that's just a matter of perspective in that it feels quite more direct. Um, was that sort of a, a conscious choice in making that? And I suppose also sort of taking us into that, what changes from Continental Drift to Endless Scroll as well? Um, it's interesting because like that third act, I think is like, it, to me, it is like a lot more like, um, like I would say like melodramatic in a way. And like, it has this like, um, uh, I don't know, like it, it definitely feels like it references like, like other work in a way. Um, so I, I, I wouldn't say it's that actually personal. <laughs> um a lot of like the more personal aspects of that game are like elsewhere um okay. and not in the third act which is actually really really fun to think about actually um and the third act was for me was like a a good way of like reaching an ending that has like um a a, a resolve i guess like of of like just okay well i'll Oh, I think I wanted to do, because the entire game, throughout the entire game, you have, like, these choices that you can make. Mm -hmm. And the choices themselves, like, really only define, like, what the memories are. Uh, and it's it doesn't really affect the ending. Um, but I wanted for the end to have a choice in which you don't have a choice. <laughs> mm. And so, like, you, your char the character that you're playing will ma always make the choice of remembering these things and not you know giving in to like the temptation of like forgetting everything and never learning ever anything ever mm. <laughs> and so like I, I kind of wanted to play with that idea of like choice and not choice and that sort of stuff and like the 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 deep the entity demon thing like was a device to get to that thing I think um and I I, I didn't really think of it in like a very like personal experience type of way at all yeah I, I suppose direct is probably probably the more appropriate thing where it's more like mm -hmm. you speaking to the audience so when you talk about sort of as an offering and, and not having your personal aspect in it I suppose I mean in the sense that it feels like you've got a very distinct message that you're trying to give in there rather than leaving it open to interpretation mm -hmm. um which again makes it a little bit different in terms of um the the body of work there's something else i was going to ask you then as well and it's just popped yeah. straight out of my head go on alex maybe yeah tag me out. i think maybe because this is the one i felt like as i was playing through too or i was like it feels more confident in a way you know like i was like oh i'm like like you know like even just the mechanically and everything i was like this one's ambitious it, it feels a bit like a natural progression where i'm like oh you've like you're like leveling up a bit the game dev skills you know like that's kind of yeah part of what i felt like in it um also, it resonated for me because, like, the Facebook stuff and going through that, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah we were of the oh. same <laughs> generation, you know? I was like... <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, and scrolling through and looking yeah. through. Yeah, like, that to me, I was like, there's this melancholy in it that's, like, yeah. not... It's not, like, oppressive per se, but, like, it's it's persistent, right? And that, like, um, kind of, like, almost wistfulness of, like, looking back um, and that kind of mm -hmm. pain, but also goodness mixed in there and like the regret and the hope like anyway yeah i just i was like this i like this <laughs> yeah the um, i'm i'm glad that you bring up confidence because like it definitely is like the biggest 
um, contrast, I think, bet- uh, between, like, what, what happened, <laughs> what happened to me between, like, Continental Drift and Endless Scroll, um, is that, like, so Endless Scroll is a commission. Um, mm. So the the... There's like a literary magazine here in Australia that publishes uh, works from um, artists uh, 25 years old and under. Mm. And I was lucky enough to make the cut that year. <laughs> and uh, so like I worked with an editor. I um, It's mm. this fellow writer and friend of mine called uh, Rory Green. Their work is really, really good as well. Um, they, I think they've made a few bitsy things as well um but yeah like they're really really good and like I think like having an editor you can work with that you you trust <laughs> it <laughs> makes like a huge difference mm. because it's like you have someone who's, who looks over your writing and tells you hey this is good and or like this could be better and and they tell you you know they they, they essentially like bring out um more from you by asking the right questions being like well okay i think i'm trying to to i think i get what you're trying to say here is there a better way you can say this you know like that sort of stuff and like that was huge in like me building confidence in like what i was trying to say because i was like i would otherwise i would have been like i don't know just i don't know what i would have been like but I think like that was really um, helped me be a lot more rigorous in my writing as well, which um, was big. And and I think like challenging myself to also have yeah like that like um, more complex like mechanic um, in the game itself was uh, also like another thing that I was like you know what I'm just gonna try to make some something that is um, a little bit more complicated and a little bit more ambitious just because I can, because I'm paid for this <laughs> anyway. And uh, at least I can put some effort in it and like, and see where it goes. And I think like the, the result of it was like, is something that I, that I think works really well. And um, I think like it's maybe, uh, I would say it's my first work where like, I really um, attempt or like, pay attention to the idea of like setting a tone um by like having this introductory like sequence at the beginning that tells this story and uh, that is kind of unrelated to what comes next but it kind of like sets a tone it's like this is what it's about and like this is what this game kind of encompasses you know that that sort of thing anyway like that's that's like the the way that I feel about this game and I, I think it really saved my uh, my game making uh, confidence career whatever like I just kind of like if it wasn't for this I probably would have maybe like you know been a little bit more kind of like discouraged or like just have been a little bit more like self-conscious about my work but this is like a lot more I don't know it just helped me overcome this sense of like how am I gonna like top Novena like this this wall that I felt was just like I, I just realized, hey, there, actually, there's no wall. Like, you can you can just fucking walk through it. It's fine. So like, the, the, more, it's, the more important third act is this redemption arc that ends with endless scroll in that case. <laughs> yeah, That's kind true. of, yeah. <laughs> one one little thing that I did come back to me, what I wanted to, to sort of flag on this. Um, I can't remember if it was the Acme interview or something else I'd seen, but you talked about um, the conscious choice in terms of those like little choices you make throughout the game of picking choices that actually didn't really matter or change mm-hmm. anything. Um, you talked about like in similar games where the choices matter, like the desire to min-max it and you almost lose sight of what you're actually trying to do. Um, I just thought that was a really interesting thing that 
that you'd actively sort of sought to do. And I think it'd be nice if if that was something that was more available. Because I definitely share that sentiment in terms of sort of narrative choices and things like that. So I just wanted to to bring that up. Yeah. No, I I hate when choices matter. Um, <laughs> when it's like oh, if you don't do this, this person will die. And I'm like, oh whoa, whoa, hang on. Make it's like that's a lot of again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I want I want like. I think like the biggest maybe like um, inspiration, I guess, um, for this uh, conscious choice of like making choices that do not matter uh, in, in that sense of like in, in a plot way is Kentucky Route Zero. I think there's like a lot of choices, text choices that you make in that game that are more about exploring the kind of character that you're playing. Um, who is this person? What are they thinking about? What's the name of the dog? You know, like that sort of thing. Like the, the, these are the ways that you relate to a story and like Endless Scroll is very much about that. Like, I mean, like, I guess like these memories, like how do you relate to them? And and I think that's the question, I guess, that it poses, I guess, in a way, like with the, with the, with the mechanics itself. Yeah. I don't want to tangent this too much, but it's so interesting you mentioned that because I played the new Life is Strange game, like True Colors, which is, it's wonderful. But like, mm-hmm. what's interesting is that like, maybe this is just, I'm getting old, but like the parts that like resonated me the most are like the mundane parts of just like living this person's life. And then like, you realize in the end, you're like, oh, all my decisions like affect what character is going to show up at a certain thing. And then you're like, uh, now I feel like I'm just gamifying this person's life. Right. And like, and, and then, yeah. you know, you start to get in that thing of where it's like, what's the exact correct dialogue choice I always tell myself i'm not gonna look it up but then you get there and you're like you always do. But i don't yep. want to make the wrong choice right like and then it, it kind of removes that like it, re- it removes the kind of whole point of it right where it's like instead of just you know shaping a person the way that you want to sh- sort of shape them it's about like how do i get the optimal end right um breaks the immersion yeah yeah i don't know the answers to that but anyway it's interesting <laughs> So I, I don't know that there's a natural transition to your next game, but I do want to sort of move on to Under a Star Called Sun, just because I think yes. there's, a, there's a lot to unpack there. So first of all, in terms of the background, I know I've I've read a bit about it, um, but I don't really want to dig into it. Do you want to tell us sort of the, the background to this game, how it came about, what the, what the thinking was with this one? And I suppose what's changed when you make this game versus your previous three now that you've got this renewed sense of confidence in yourself and your ability to sort of develop and write? Yeah, um... So, Under Starfield Sun is, um, to in in my opinion, it's my best PC game, and um, so I I made this game. This is also a commission um, by a different uh, literary magazine called Liminal, and they publish works by um, Asian Australian uh, artists, mm-hmm. um, and they've been really just really good. And they they, uh, they I also worked with an editor for this thing, and I also. Um, enlisted the help of uh, my dear friend Mia Nia who who's like a comic artist and, and she's working on something really good right now but um and she's fucking amazing uh, as a writer and, and like just really good insight anyway like having like people around me who helped me get better at uh writing has been amazing and uh, that's why I can confidently say yeah under a stifled sun banger um <laughs> Uh, it's a game that is like it's it explores the themes of grief and memory and and I mean I'm I'm reading the 
to think um grief and memory and and the way <laughs> that, that <laughs> those those things just don't last forever and uh, neither the grief or the memories of the person you're um grieving um and the setting of it is that it's this sci-fi um game uh it's about this person who's on a spaceship um there's no real context to why they're on there they're just on there and they're very far away from earth and they seem to be alone on that spaceship mm. um yeah so that's what the game is and uh yeah you just kind of like go through the game with trying to stick to a routine and you you always end up kind of like having the the memories kind of like drift and there is this room on this spaceship where you can like recreate your memories um but every time you go it kind of like glitches and it doesn't like it it just distorts itself every time you try to like recreate the memory and that is the the great tragedy of the great tragedy of memories that not not nothing about it is exact and and like and you 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 end up forgetting things um so easily and so quickly and yeah that's it's a very very sad game <laughs> yes. and i love it <laughs> it actually reminded me like when you mentioned that that was something that stood out to me a lot because i remember ever since i learned about like i don't know there was like studies talking about how like every time you remember a thing you like actually are degrading it more and that like eventually yeah. like there is no like like some people actually do have perfect recall and it they say it's a nightmare <laughs> but like um yeah. i remember what learning about anyway but how in general you know you just it, it becomes actually just a thing that eventually if you remember something so much it is no longer at all the thing that happened and it's just the amount of times you've remembered right. it so, yeah, yeah right and like uh, like there's a tragedy to that for sure <laughs> you're like oh, oh my God. yes right it's it's heart-wrenching right because everything you want to remember me... yeah <laughs> Yeah, it makes me it makes me laugh in an evil way, because um, <laughs> I know that people will cry. Be um, <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. I'm like, oh yes, exactly. This is exactly how how you get them. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's uh it's very dear to me, and this is a game that is dedicated to a friend of mine who passed away um, in the year before I made the game, and. Yeah, I mean, like, I had a lot of time to think about that, and I always wanted to make a sci-fi game for them, and um, and I got to do that. <laughs> and I'm glad that it's, like, really, really good as well, because, like, otherwise it would have been a little bit embarrassing for, for me. Um, but yeah. <laughs> That's all. I'd love to hear... I, 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 oh, sorry, Bob. Sorry. I, no, Paula, I'd like to hear your thoughts within this, too. I want to pull you in a little... <laughs> Yeah, like I've been thinking ever since like in this girl and this girl that you've been like introducing like more and more things like or more and more cinematic quote unquote things mm. on your games. Yeah. And so for example in this girl when you were talking with this friend and suddenly like you go from this like almost absentmindedly scrolling through Facebook like I'm talking to your friend to just talking to your friend and everything else goes like black, if I remember mm -hmm. correctly. And that gave me a sense of, oh, I think the person who is talking to this friend thinks that this moment is like quite important. In the same sense that endless girl when um first of all, when they start like misremembering things, mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. how everything starts glitching out i i found that that was like quite brilliant because it it pretty much gave me that corrupt corrupt file feeling yeah that i'm sure you you were trying to look for since the memory was is fading away by each recall yeah exactly it's like and i think like the cinematicness i think like a lot of people brought that up mm. um in regards to like my work post endless scroll and i think like it's a, a lot a lot of work that you have to do in bitsy to make that work <laughs> but uh it's worth it it's worth it people people love it people love it when you can like scroll through like an entire like like landscape um and and the, the like the landscape just kind of like zooms through and and like that sort of stuff people love that shit and they always ask me how you do it and i'm like oh, it's a shit ton of rooms um <laughs> it's so funny because like yeah like i think about it and i'm like i won't think anything of like i don't know a 3d game like running through a town whatever but in that game when i'm watching like this like bit city go by i'm like whoa <laughs> you know like it's that moment where you're like yeah it just i don't know there's something about it like it, it has this like very endearing and like um it, again because you kind of understand that this system is small and has like limited things that it can do when you see it do something impressive it's like watching someone make a new game boy game and you're like what <laughs> you know like there's just mm-hmm. something about that that feels very um it feels kind of special, you know? You're like, oh, I like it. Yeah, yeah thank exactly. you. It's, um, I suppose, a, a really, really tangential question. It's <laughs> hard to avoid the events of the past couple of years. Obviously, this came out either just before or right at the beginning of, like, the COVID times. Um, did you sort of see um, anything different about sort of the reaction to the work or the reaction to it change as that kind of easy metaphor to draw probably unintentionally with the work came into being the metaphor itself is intentional okay uh unintentional sorry right right right. okay (laughs) it's unintentional i i did not mean that at all but like um so like this came out in like i'm trying to remember june july 2020 uh, that was like in the midst of a uh, lockdown here. Yeah, that was right. Um, like wave one, yeah, for sure. And y'all had um, yeah, big time. That's right. <laughs> we had, we had the what is, again the the longest lockdown in like a city on earth. Um, so that's great. The irony is from a British perspective, like we we had like an eat out to help out thing, like between waves one and two. So that was probably mm-hmm. in the period where we were the most open in those two. Years. But anyway, I that's... think like. For us, wave one was like March to fucking October Damn. or something. Yeah. And then October, it, get, it became a little bit better. Hmm. And then 2021, after, during, during Christmas, they were like, oh, fuck, <laughs> we need to close this shit again. Yeah. Um, and then it, it, we, we got closed down again until like, april or may something and i and i was like okay and then it got bad in july again uh, in Mm -hmm. 2021 and then until november or something it was like honestly terrible (laughs) i hate it you know everyone says like 2020 2020 fucking sucked oh blah 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 2021 was the worst fucking (laughs) (laughs) had to live through because no one cared no one cared 
if you if you had like any of that shit like 2020 everyone was like oh this solidarity everyone's in it together yeah. blah 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 2021 no one gives a shit <laughs> yeah it's a weird middle Which, band, right yeah, yeah. Oh boy. Yeah, oh, I was, yes. I was uh, feeling anyway. that here. <laughs> oh yeah, I was like, yeah. I think like, yeah, no, it was like horrible. It was like, I had to fucking endure like people from Europe or whatever posting their holiday pictures, and I was like, in my like third or fourth lockdown, and I was oh, like, God. fuck you. <laughs> I was like. <laughs> Like I was just doing like horribly. Honestly, I was like terribly depressed in 2021. It's fine. It's fine. I'm okay now. Which I I'm think normal. is funny that you've got a hope as your next game, which maybe yeah. is like a really good, yep. uh, really good yeah, actually, like, yeah, no. segue into that. Yeah, um, but um, I, I do want to talk about like Starfield Sun a little bit, like more. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think like the the like lockdown stuff, mm-hmm. the way that like lockdown like affected the the. The development of the game itself is that well, um, so this this game references a lot of real life places from Melbourne mm. that are like in in my neighborhood, like they're like around where I live, and um, so um, I couldn't really go out. <laughs> so uh, you know, taking references pictures, like sure I could technically go and take those pictures or whatever, but like fuck, I, I don't want to do that. Um, <laughs> So, like, I went on Google Maps <laughs> to look at places that are literally five minutes away from where I am. That's and I was like, well, this is, like, yeah. I know, this is, like, the most surreal and absurd thing ever, but, you know, it works. So, it's, like, that, that like, scrolling, like, uh, landscape stuff was, like, absolutely, like, it was references from, from like, Google Maps. Um, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it was really... That is definitely something yeah, that... So, Unless you live through the pandemic, people are gonna be like, "What? Why did you? Have, why couldn't you just go?" <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, you know, well, I, if I went out, uh, people would just ask me questions like, "Why are you outside of your home?" Um, but anyway, yeah, like that. That was like, I think overall, like that sense of isolation is definitely there, and like I, I would say that it's unintentional. Mm. Um, but I think like I don't know. There's like so much in in that game that I I think is great <laughs> i mean like it's it's like there there is like the, you know the like very conversational like way that the letter i guess like talks mm. to this person that's no longer here and like there's the references to the greek myth of atlas mm. um the world on the shoulders and the choice at the end <laughs> um and yeah like that that sort of stuff that like this is like actually kind of an an, an, an and like inverse version of like the way that I crafted like or like that structure endless scroll where like Starcold Sun is like fully like text, 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 no choice, no choice. At the end you get one choice. Do you um keep holding, you know, the entire planet on your shoulders or do you just walk away? Mm. And like you can do either either thing. <laughs> it doesn't really like it's fine. Um, but the idea of walking away from the burden of, you know, that, that stuff, that is like something I thought of. I was like, oh, is this kind of like weird? Like, is that like too risky? Like, will people yell at me if I like write that? Um, (laughs) and then I read this book that Mia, my friend Mia, like recommended me to read. It's called Wait by Jeanette Winterson. And like, um, 
it's this retelling of the myth of Atlas. And I was like, okay, I'm going to read this. And then I read it, I read it in like one afternoon. It's really short. It's really good. Um, and it's the, the, the book itself kind of like explores those themes of like retelling a story, telling a story. And like, what do you do when you tell a story? Like, which details do you think are important? And what do you want to add to make it more meaningful to you? Right. Like that sort of stuff. And like at the end of that book, First of all, Atlas meets uh, Laika the dog, which is great. And Laika the dog kind of like reminds him that, oh, fuck, actually life is great. <laughs> life could be great. Um, and then he's like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to like take the earth off my shoulders, leave it be, and then walk away. And he does that. And the way that the book says how it happens, it says, and then... And then nothing happened, which is like, because he was so terrified of like, what if, mm. what if horrible things happen? Right? You know, if I, if I, if I'm not there, right? Like, because I'm, I'm holding this entire weight of the world, <laughs> literally. And if I'm not there to like hold it, then what happens? You know, I'm so scared of doing that. Petrified. And then he does it and then nothing happens. And it's like this triumphant moment of like nothing happening being the best thing that ever happened <laughs> um which is great and and i was like and i when i read that moment i was like fuck yeah same ending we had the same idea yes good <laughs> i was like i'm finally feeling like i can do this uh, it was great well again that makes me think of that like that and i i feel like this is likely intentional that like real connection with grief and like that sense of i think for those when I mean, you go through grief there's that feeling of like if I let go of this grief, am I letting go of, you know, this person, right? This thing, right? Like it, it, it almost becomes important, right? Like a thing that you have to yeah. hold and, and keep, keep with you. But then it's realizing that it's like, no, actually it's okay. Like you can actually continue because life does have to keep moving forward and it will be wonderful again and things will happen. But yeah, there's that struggle, right? Of like, am I holding the memory enough? I don't know. Anyway, I think that's. Yeah. yeah. Oh Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like there's also like you know, this line of thought that is like oh that person usually like dies two times like one physically and one spiritually like mm. after everyone else forgets them so there's also that almost fear of well if I forget what happened it's like it never happened in a way so Imagine trying to hold to all those memories with all those people and it becomes really exhausting. It's like, no, you you can't let go. It's not gonna it's not gonna make them sound. It's like probably it's gonna be like, oh, go live your life. That is what the, those people would like, for example. Making peace with it for sure. Yeah. yeah. It's very sad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But I think too, there was like that unintended thing. Cause like I personally, like my grandfather passed right before the pandemic hit. He lived a very, very long life. Mm -hmm. So it's okay. But you know, then the funeral, we were like, Oh boy. Oh, uh, now what? Right. Yeah. So like they mm -hmm. waited and he just, he wasn't buried until like and it, well, he cremated and stuff. So they could actually wait until um, October of that year. So it was, and, but like, I couldn't go. Most of the family couldn't go. Right. And so yep. there's that weird, like I, as I was playing that game, I was like, yeah, there's that weird feeling of like, I feel a little isolated over here and I have these memories of this thing and just that, that separation. So I think it was like, 
unintentional but very interesting um time for it to come out in a lot of ways you know oh yeah yeah no it's like the kind of thing where it's like oh god like in a way i'm just like i don't know i don't know if this is like if i'm allowed to say this but like i'm just like in a way, I'm glad that they didn't have to live through that shit. Like, it's like, because oh. it was like a horrible thing. Listen, like, I was so, it's weird, but our family talks about how we were just like, thank God he went when he went, right? Because it's just like, I did not want my grandma's last years or like last months to be, you know, that that right yeah. pandemic yeah. it's like you know hey, hey. i don't know it's it's just really like i don't know it's sad and it's just complicated feelings about this stuff but yeah. i don't know like it's just like because those were horrible years like those were really really tough years and i was just like man god damn <laughs> <laughs> and we're still yeah, dealing with it anyway. right like even talking about yeah, it now oh, like yeah. i still have weird like it's like when we talk about pandemic things, which actually we'll get to, I suppose, in a, in a few games. Yeah. So maybe yeah. maybe we'll maybe I'll save some of these thoughts for uh, mm-hmm. a few games mm-hmm. from now because we'll talk about this some more. If we, if we pause that one for now, because that absolutely will come up in what three games time. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> with um with your next game, hope obviously that that would have been presumably from start to finish pandemic based, but I think yes. there's a lot of change in that one because not only have you got that coloring things, um. But you've also got like a, a presumably a different approach to all this in the sense that you're working um, with an actual band called Cable Ties, and it's like a, a formal collaboration. So yeah, um, song, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, absolutely. With everything that's going on there, what what changes for you when you're making this next game? And also, I suppose is is the the message and the the theming a, a deliberate response to everything that's going on in the world around us at that time, or or is that purely coincidental there as well? Good question. Um, so, like, the process, uh, yes, it changed so much. Um, uh, being introduced to Cable Ties, like, so So this was, like, um, an initiative from um, this, uh, I don't know, organization called, like, the VFD or the Victorian Music something something office uh who are, i'm very unprofessional by not not remembering the the acronym they already paid anyway it already oh. happened it's fine uh, the victorian yeah, music yeah, development office yeah vmdo i've got your you. thing up so oh stick um no yeah i think like so that that was like an initiative to like uh bring together um indie games and indie music um, from Melbourne local uh, people. And um, we were discussing, like, with this stuff with the, the people who are, who were organising and, like, conducting this um, thing. And, like, we were, like, thinking, like, oh, like, who do you think would be, like, a good match? Like, and I was like, oh, fuck, I don't know. Um, and then, like, th- there was, like, this, like, moment of genius from one of the people involved who said, oh, what about, like, cable ties? Like, they have, like, kind of similar vibes, kind of like a DIY, like, zine-loving, uh, you know, like, definitely live, live in it like that that very like specific millennial like melbourneian like uh, thing that that we have um and um so like we got put together and um and that, that was great like i think we got along from the get-go and it was really really good and so the process for the making the game was like a lot different from like what i would usually do which is like writing a full full the full like script of the game and then uh making the art and then making the game um, this time we were thinking like, but wait, so like I had to figure out with other people, like, what should this be about? And like, um, what, 
how should we incorporate the musical like aspect of it and um we what we ended up doing was that we um used one song from the album uh we had like several choices actually uh from from the album far enough which also by the way is really good everyone should listen to it i'm like shouting out like everyone um and so we we chose hope because we thought that i think like it was like one of the ones that wasn't like a single or didn't have a video or something so we were like yeah we can definitely use that and the lyrics um we kind of like essentially like got together put like pasted the lyrics onto like this like whiteboard type of like app or something that we could just like write things um notes on and just kind of like listen to the music while like imagining like oh what could this be what does this make us think of like and kind of like through the vibes crafting some kind of like story from that and the story that ended up like um kind of like coming together from like all of that is this um we wanted like basically the the story of the game to be not like a parallel to um the lyrics and not like a direct reference in a way because like so, so that you can have that double reading i guess of of the of the game and the song um the 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 game itself is about this person who's trying to move out of their share house um and they're trying to like you know gather all this stuff and you know like pack it all up and but it's like that they also kind of like are feeling this very like this horrible dread about like doing that and like just feeling very depressed and stuff like that and and just like having like a, uh, a really bad time trying to get this done and they kind of have this panic attack and oh they're like oh my god what what am i going to do now oh god and then like someone calls them a friend calls them and it's like, hey, like, I just got off work. Like, uh, can I help you with the move? Because, like, uh, I'm free and I really want to help you. And they're like, yeah, okay. And then, then like, and then the, the, the friend comes uh, around and that changes everything. Like, it becomes, like, very, like, up-tempo and, and, like, a fun time where they just kind of, like, there's this montage um, of them, like, packing the stuff up together. And, and at the end, it's, like... It just kind of like is this really nice like little moment of like you know you gotta have you gotta have your friends right like it's 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 basically it's a very simple message and like I I didn't want to like make it too you know complicated or whatever it really is about like hey fuck man how good are friends um <laughs> just uh, and especially the ones with cars um, oh, hell yeah. and <laughs> um, agreed. <laughs> Mm-hmm. um yeah so like that it, it kind of came about really really like that and like the the actual process of it was like completely different from what I would do we had like a lot more time than like I usually would have mm. um when I mean like or what I would set myself I guess like when I make a game and um so like it was like maybe like a full month a little bit a little bit more and like we had these like weekly meetings that we were like we would just like have to like talk about like what what's going on and what what we're going what we're doing next week and like that like rigidity was like a little bit too much for me (laughs) where I felt like I was just doing way too much um and like I had no sense of like um like I don't know I I I felt I mean I'm a I'm a like a, a an eternal try hard so like I I just end up like over or trying to overachieve when I really shouldn't be. Yeah, and I, I, I just felt like so much pressure from that. 
<laughs> I just feel so much pressure from that that I was like, hey, like I think like I think what's happening in the game is happening to me. So like I think we need to fucking chill out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, I mean, I need to chill. And, and then like so we we actually managed to like smooth out the process a little bit more so that it was a little bit easier for me to take uh, care of and and like that sort of stuff. And it, it and we managed to like release it in a way that was like nice for everyone and like it, it was good i think like there was like a really the the, the collaboration was really really nice and like there, there was like a lot of things that you know the band themselves like had suggested that like ended up being part of the game and like that sort of stuff is like really i, I don't know it just felt like really nice to have this like different way of working on something um but yeah good good stuff i think it's like it's a solid game <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's interesting that i suppose firstly it's kind of sad that a band so close to you ordinarily you'd like get together and like do this shit and you probably had to do it over sort of zoom and um, oh yeah yeah all that, sort of, that kind of stuff but then at the same time it's interesting that it does give you a different way to look at things and also probably uh, a totally different vibe i feel like it is a much more straightforward message than than any of the mm. stuff you've done previously and it's it must be sort of cool to, to get that opportunity to have different creatives sort of feed into the work that you're doing and and have that other limitation in that you, you're sort of tying it um, to something that's already there yeah totally no it was great I I really I really think this was like a, a match made like in heaven in a way like I, I don't know I, th- I think it was like just all positives and um yeah and, and, and it was like also really like I had a lot of empathy for cable ties themselves because like a lot of musicians I mean like for sure yeah. during the pen during the fucking lockdowns like yeah. you can't even get to do shows um and just like a tough time up, and they planned them and then things like yeah. oh yeah oh that was like a, a whirlwind yeah. of like that stuff for us um and yeah i think they tried to like launch their albums like so many times yeah. and they finally got to do it like like late last year or something mm. um and when the the album actually came out in like early 2020 or something um but anyway uh yeah this this was yeah no it's band life you're just holding on in general right most of the time (laughs) until you kind of get there so i can't even imagine the pandemic and and i think the the band just likes having something like new to do right like i think that's i don't know like might as well (laughs) yeah that's got to cut both ways for sure Mm. um I, so that, that's what I, was, oh, sorry, oh, I was just gonna say too like I, I feel like it's also just sometimes it's very fun to be able to create something where you're like yeah i've got like a pretty like friendship is awesome like that's a it's a fun thing to get to create in right and then like it's also it feels meaningful when you play because you're like yeah it is <laughs> you know yeah, that, that good kind of like connection with the with the player mm-hmm. i think yeah and i suppose that yeah, it's theme... kind of funny because oh, oh. Ignore i me. was gonna Crap say on. like i got kind of like two different like not messages, but like feelings when I was playing the game, like back then when I first played and right now, because like when I first played, it was like, oh, is the, it, it feels like very relatable of like starting like to almost drown in a glass of water and then suddenly a friend shows up and everything's better and stuff like that. I know that I'm like, um, I replayed it like, yesterday i think and and right now i'm looking to um places because we are moving and it's like and the game says something like oh i always live packing and stuff like for the last possible day and i'm like excuse me don't attack me like that (laughs) (laughs) 
and it got just a little bit more personal like the second time just because of context oh I, yeah I, had... I can't relate but i absolutely can <laughs> we had like four uh brains uh coming up with all these anecdotes so that's how we managed to make it as like uh true to life as possible <laughs> nice and yeah so i suppose going into the next game topography that almost is the same theme of friends although in a very different light because we uh yeah we we draw on early personal maybe shameful experience on tumblr <laughs> um Cool. Um, shame, shame for <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I feel like that's a reference back to the first recording that maybe is just. Oh, it's lost in this one. I'm still pining for, for, for a session lost. This that's is great. It is, but <sighs> it's, um, forget the shame. The shame, yeah. the shame is the thing of the past. This one for me. Your time on Tumblr. Yeah. When I was looking at this one, I was like, oh, damn. Yeah. Okay. Like, I didn't do Tumblr per se, but like the early, yeah. like, you know. Maybe neither, yeah. Early to like mid 2000s, 2010s ish area. Like, I was like, oh God, I have lived this yeah. life. <laughs> I, I think, yeah, but even sort of not having that, there's, there's a different through line that I think we'll probably talk about mm. more about at the end. But like the idea of things beneath the surface and, and the mm. depth and the layers underneath. And um, you're very explicit about it in this game in particular because you're, you're talking about the topography of sort of the internet lines and how they connect people in different parts of the world and obviously that that pulls through into the narrative of the story as well um but yeah i mean so from the process of like having four brains coming in to hope i almost knocked my drink over there to um <laughs> to to then bringing it i suppose back to yourself and, and being a bit more introspective with topography how does that come about what, what what's the process like for you there yeah um Topography is an, an another commission. Um, oh. This time from um, this um, art collective, I think, called um, Running Dog. Um, they're like based in Sydney, and I'm actually just you know pals with like the person who runs it, and like um, and and you know they asked me like, hey, do you want to make a game for this thing? And like the theme was, I think it was like live stream now, and I was like, oh, the internet, let's go, <laughs> and. Um, Topography is this, I think I said this elsewhere, but like it's, um, I think of it as a mirror, uh, as an echo to Endless Scroll. Um, they are like somewhat similar uh, games in like presentation, but in tone they are completely different. Where like Endless Scroll had like a lot of that, um, I don't know, optimism at the end, like that sort of like... Um, resolve and 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 trying to like make things better and like it like even like like that melodrama that i talked about like there is that that sense of like there's like a, a thing that comes in and kind of like challenges you and, and you save yourself you know like there is that like that that angle to it that is kind of like yeah some people would say contrived and they would be right um and that's okay um and topography is like a lot more like just like bitter and bittersweet and and like and and very like matter of fact about like what's going on and like what went on and there's less wistfulness and more like well these things happened and I don't know what any of this means anymore like it's it's like it's all lost and like 
and I'm still trying to make sense of it. Like there's that, there's that sense of like things that are unresolved and like that sense of like, um, closure not being allowed, um, and not being given. And that kind of felt important as a way to kind of like counter endless scroll in a way. I was like, what if I made something a little bit more fucked up? Um. <laughs> and it's definitely interesting that you talk about it as a mirror image. I, I, I don't know, was that an intentional thing as part of the process? Yes. Or is that just okay, interesting. Because um, where, where you have that wistfulness that we talked about looking back on things there, with topography, it feels more like a lingering resentment. And I know there's a, a quote that I pulled out um, here. Uh, when you're young, mm-hmm. you make homes out of people, almost talking about the way that you can sort of let yourself be seen by people and, and come into them in a way and how that opens you up to be hurt by them. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that was such a powerful metaphor for me um, when I played the game. Is that maybe on the nose with what you meant with that message? Is there, is there something more to that? or No, it's absolutely like, I think that's kind of like bang on. And, and like, it's this idea that like you base your identity off other people's like um, idea of like who you are and like who you want to like be seen as and like, that val- like that I guess need for validation, especially when you're like in your like formative years, like in your teens or whatever. Mm. Like that sort of stuff is like your entire world and and it's devastating because that yeah, like it gives, you know, so much so much ways for people to get hurt. <laughs> and it's just like um yeah, I mean, you know, like and- it's so intangible online yeah. too, right? Like I think about that where like I had so many, I would say like pretty formative experiences um, mm. growing up in the online realm. And then it's like, but I also like, there's just people that I knew that I have no idea who they actually are or where they are. <laughs> or You know what I mean? Like yeah. they're just poof gone, right? And it's like, I was thinking about this the other day, like there was like a site that I had spent a lot of time on and I was like, I don't even know what it's called and I don't know how to find it. And it's just like, yeah. and it might not even it, exist anymore. Did it ever? Um, yeah. That memory fades the more I think about it. <laughs> <laughs> it, it speaks to such a, a very specific experience of being a certain age and time and place on the internet. Yeah. Um, and and it, it's such an interesting one. And I think, as you say, as a, as a companion piece to Endless Scroll, as a, as a complete picture, it's such an interesting one. Um, yeah, and also because Endless Scroll is about, like, real-life friendships. They're, like, school friendships. They're, mm. they're, like, experience from high school or whatever. And topography is, like, about, like, this extra scholar. <laughs> like, this, this, like, um, outside of school friendships that you have with people that in some ways you relate to even more than on, the, you know, than the people that you actually know on, you know, in the real in the, in the real world um and but those friendships are like more intense or like more vulnerable or intimate or you know like all those things and like the, the and that was like novel at the time like I think like at the time they were really like what the fuck like what you talk to people on the internet what the hell you know like th- th- that was like still like kind of like a new thing yeah. um even though it was like you know or like people have always talked on the internet but you know like people took a while to actually get used to that idea and now it's a, a little bit more taken for granted I guess but I think there was like a, a certain time where like that was I don't know like it, it just felt felt like there was so much there <laughs> and yeah I don't know it's 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 hard to think about too. It's like, because some, so, so much of it, like when I talk about, yeah, like when I talk about like, you know, being on Tumblr for 10 years and like that being like such a weird, wild time, 
um, I don't regret being having been on Tumblr, but damn, like so much, so so many of the experiences were like actually quite messed up, like <laughs> sort of things that, like, and and a, a teenager shouldn't have to deal with that shit, you know, like that sort of yeah. stuff, right? Like, um, and uh, is it getting better or worse now? Well, who can say? Sure, <laughs> different. In some yeah. respects, but then some of it is is almost painfully similar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have anything to throw in on this one, Paolo? I, I think, unless you do, we're about to get to the most interesting part to me of this. Oh. I, think, but... <laughs> I was just thinking about my, when I first started like trying to reach out to people on the internet because I didn't have like many real life friends to talk about, for example. Um, my fanatism about the inherit- inheritance cycle series of, by Christopher Polini. So it was right. the next yeah. forum. But hey, this forum is kind of dead. Let's make my own forums. And now I feel so old about it because I don't think there are like many forums as they used to be anymore. And topography kind of spoke to me in that level where it's like, oh, um, suddenly like, we're like looking for other people with the same likes and dislikes, but we are like kind of like our identities shaped by those things that we share or like how people on the internet sees us. And that's kind of like kind of scary if you ask me. Mm. You almost end up being a different person online. I did. In that situation, you end up having like IRL friends and you almost treat them very differently to your online oh, yeah. relationships. And it comes with becomes this very weird um dichotomy it's a, an interesting strange almost uniquely modern setup Not- also like yeah. i think okay. like a lot of like what the internet gave you maybe then more than now but the sense of anonymity like kind of had that it kind of allowed you to um, like have this malleable relationship with your own identity where like you could kind of like shape whatever you wanted from because like no one knew what you looked like or even if they did like it would be what like a really poor quality photo from (laughs) so it's like you know you could just kind of like change your name change you know anything and say you're this or like that and that would be you could just kind of experiment with your identity so much more than you could maybe like in real life. I feel like for a lot of people that that, that would have been the case anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's really fascinating to think about and like and like because how so much of that was so easy and so common. So much of that was also so easy to like exploit. Yeah, and some friendships were just not that healthy. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I I it'd be interesting to see if you agree with my assessment of this. You see, I feel like topography was like a real bookend in terms of like that stage of your um body of work, your your um creation. And I think definitely cycle becomes a new thing, and I think you probably feel that way about that. I am still here feels like a very transitional piece of work one in the sense that it's very um unique because of the technical challenges yeah um but also because it 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 feels very 
ethereal and also thematically it kind of leans more towards um the supernatural and what you're doing there it feels otherworldly in a way that i don't think your previous work necessarily does ironically maybe in, in under a star called sun sense but um i got a very different vibe to this one for for a lot of different reasons i suppose before we jump into that side of things and also the the the, the covid stuff that we probably put a pin in a little while back <laughs> Um, I would love to know from your perspective how the Bitsy 3D thing came about, um, what kind of challenges and, and um, differences that presented to you in terms of making the game. And also, I hope you don't mind me saying what sort of possessed you to do the AR thing and how how much or how little that worked for you versus how little it kind of worked for us when we fought with trying to make it work. Woo, okay, yeah, no, that's great. Um, first of all, um, this idea of topography being a bookend, I didn't think of that, but I think I would agree. Like, it's it definitely has this, like, um, yeah, no, I, I, I think I agree. Even if I did end up, like, making more Bitsy games again, like, it probably wouldn't be in the same caliber, like, or, like, in the same type or, like, tone or that sort of thing where... Um, yeah, I don't know. It's It's so interesting to think about, but I kind of, like... I think that's interesting. I, I will have to think about that a little bit more. Um, but I think, like, I don't think it was intentional, but I, I can totally see that, like, um, progression, uh, for sure. Um, for I Am Still Here, oh, guess what? I Am Still Here is also a commission. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so this is this was commissioned by a uh, another literary magazine called um, Going Down Swinging. I think they've been around for a really, really long time in Australia. And... Um, so this was for their digital um, issue uh, where they commissioned a whole bunch of like digital artists to make interesting, or like digital artists or like comics artists, any anyone who kind of like fit the bill, I guess, um, and was really good and talented. You should check out the other works. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so like the 3D uh, Bitsy idea, I think I just kind of wanted to make something in that from the get-go and so like the AR stuff was like actually like one of the things that we kind of had to incorporate in in the in the assignment in the assignment in the in the commission as well like we we were like collaborating with this AR artist um so like I was like yeah okay I can like make try to make that work um and I kind of wanted to have to see like oh could the 3D and the AR work together in a way that was interesting. Um, so I would say that the 3D part is a core part of the game. Um, and the AR stuff, I kind of like, I, I, w- I was thinking about the entire time, but I, I kind of feel like it could have been like, you know, if, uh, I don't know, like incorporated in a way that was like a little bit more interesting. But then again, like it was like, there's only so much you can do with it. So I, I don't know. I mean, it's I mean, throwing you under the bus. It's more a failing of the technology. We, when we played it, we really struggled to get the AR part to work. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like <laughs> I, 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 I did it, we didn't even notice. Did it without realizing, oh, hold on. I didn't know there was AR when I first played it. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's fine. Because I'm think, silly like, and I didn't um, scroll down, so I was just playing. It. I was like, oh, fun! Like oh. I was like spinning them around. I was loving it. I was like, this is great. And then Rick was like, did you get the AR? I replayed it without the AR bits, and like it totally works without them. Yeah, I think it works without it. And if anything, I feel so okay. Kind of spicy. Um. I think it works better without it, to be honest, like in terms of rhythm. Um, 
I think it's fine. You know, like in, in a way, like it's, yeah. it's like the kind of thing where it's like, I did it because it was part of the thing. And like, because I, I and because and it, honestly it was fun, right? It was, it was fun to experiment, but like, would I do that again? No. Um, does it still work? I don't even, I don't even know because it's like the way that these things are hosted, it's not me hosting it. So like, and I, I don't get any control over that stuff. So like maybe yeah. at this point, maybe you could play it again and it wouldn't even work. So like, I, that sort of stuff is way too like wobbly for me to really like do. So like, I think, you know, kind, kind of like a criticism on, on my part, like on, on this like initiative in, in the first place. But like, if it were up to me, I would probably would have tried to do something a little bit more solid with the technology itself. But I also think, okay, real spicy. <laughs> I think AR is bullshit, Ooh. but you know, I'm kind of in the uh, same boat, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's like the kind of it's kind of technology. Yeah, sure, it's interesting, but like most people who really really like it are like uh, venture capitalists. Like they're the people with like a shitload of money. They're like, ooh, AR, VR, whatever. I'll give you all that money, and it's like fucking crypto shit. So like, you know, <laughs> yes, honestly, yes. <laughs> you know what I think about that? Pokemon Go did it <laughs> once decently and yeah. everyone's like oh we gotta monetize it and you're like oh my god calm down. yeah <laughs> so theory, there's still a witch at ar game in development somewhere god knows if or when there? that'll ever come oh, out <laughs> there, i know there was at one point really? in time yeah. i it had a release date like they were doing a beta test in poland i think i don't know if it ever released or if it's still going wow. to release it's just but hard this was like late 2020 so obviously they were kind of waiting for the pandemic to ease yeah. up for it to be remotely viable one thing i will say is it does still work like i played through it the other day and the air okay. it still That's works good. um but it is it is funny because you're kind of like ar and again this is probably my feeling with ar is that you're always like okay hey you want to look at this cool thing now look at it through your phone <laughs> you know <laughs> you're like yeah yeah it's kind of like uh you know like i i don't you don't need the phone yeah but anyway I'll let you know <laughs> yeah. that it plays completely fine with that because like i said the first yeah, time i yeah, was just I, like <laughs> i i imagined yes <laughs> i actually it was so funny i just thought the shapes were like get the perspective lined up you know like it became a game for me i was like because mm -hmm. <laughs> i noticed the lines mm -hmm. and i was like so anyway yeah and like that's kind of like what i wanted to have fun with as well like if if, if i was like if I w i'm going to like have this ar thing going on and like you need this like image that and helps it track it and like using the simple shapes was really good so i was like oh i really want to have that like yeah like make it line up and like you know that that's kind of like a fun little thing that you can do um even that though was kind was of very it. fun and, and <laughs> exactly i i i absolutely agree because it kind of like frames these things in like again like a cinematic way i guess you could say and like that sort of stuff um i think like the one on itch now has sound right i think it does yes I, um maybe yes I forget. Yeah. I yeah. It. Um, Sorry. Yeah. The, the original version uh, didn't. Um, the one that went on, on going down swinging. This is like the re-release that I did for itch. Um, and I added sound to it because I wanted to, because yeah. <laughs> I was like, you know what? I, I think it should have a little bit more sound in it. And I think it has that like nice quality to it. I, I I'm really happy with that. Yeah. It's, it's good. Good game. Mm. in terms of the challenges of building the 3d how did you find that change like the bitsy side of things because obviously you've got camera control now it's it's a whole <laughs> other thing how do you draw the sprites to or the yeah the so to... yeah so this is like a fork of bitsy made by uh, a person in the community uh it's, it's just called bitsy 3d and um 
and it's like oh at first I was like how the fuck do I use this like I just like I, I had to like reconfigure my brain into 3d brain um and I was like what the fuck what is what is a child what is uh <laughs> you know, I was just feeling like, what are all these terms that I guess are normal to 3d game makers hmm. um <laughs> oh god yeah um and yeah, like just kind of fiddling around and just being like, oh, okay, this is what it is, blah, blah, blah. How do I do this? Ah, oh, okay, I figured this out. Like, you know, it's just kind of like, it was a lot of like trial and error and like trying to uh, basically listening to a lot of podcasts and uh, just being like half uh, meditating, uh, putting blocks together and st stuff like that. But yeah, like it actually is like, um, if you're curious, you should absolutely kind of like, give it a go and see um because there's like a lot of people who made like there's some there's definitely at least one person who's made like a really interesting stuff out of like a busy 3d where they just kind of made these scenes that you can rotate mm. and it's like extremely elaborate and i'm like oh my god your brain um <laughs> but yeah it's, it's it was really like uh, it was definitely like something new to like take account of because you have all these different sides and stuff but like at, at the same time it's like you can have so much fun with like the shapes themselves and stuff but yeah i think um i think it was great I, I really 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 had so much fun making this game to be honest um, and the, the final result is really really strong in terms of like the the visual effect that you get from it and mm. it's tied to I, I feel quite bad because we've ended up talking a lot about the ar side of things and not, <laughs> not much about like the actual really nice game underneath it and the the hopeful message of sort of emerging out into the world yeah. i think that if I remember correctly, there was like commentary under the thing where you're like, I've been holding on to this for when it would like be open again, but fuck it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it was like, okay, oh god. Yeah. yeah, I was like, not not this time, mm, not this time, not now. <laughs> maybe in a month, maybe in two months, maybe in a year. Um, oh. Yeah, no, it was like really really frustrating, and like I kind of forgot about it, and like, but at the same time, that kind of gave me the time to add the sound, so like I'm not too mad about it. Um, I think like, I think like I, I really, when I was writing it, I, I was still in lockdown. So I was kind of like imagining what it would be like. Mm. Um, um, and, and this idea of like projecting myself into like the future where, and I, I think like, oh, maybe, maybe either like I was still in lockdown or like it's the timeline is a little bit fucked up in my head, but, yep. um, it was like at a time where like maybe like things were lifting, but I was still busy with work. Mm -hmm. So I kind of still felt a little bit like stuck at home. Um, but I, I remember very specifically like this idea, like there was a two weeks maybe where everything was great. Like everyone was in a great mood and you could feel the joy in like the air. <laughs> and like I was like this is great like I want to write about this and and that's kind of like what the the entire game is kind of like about and like this and I was also thinking about like ghost stories and like I wanted to like tell this like kind of like strange like a typical ghost story where where, where like essentially the ghost is you <laughs> and you're the one trying to get out and and like and this idea of like because there are and and the the digital image also being ghostly and like because you don't actually get to see people you only say get to see like images of them and like all these houses that are just like the the 
the streets becoming empty and the houses being full and like that kind of like reversal of like what a haunting is and like that sort of stuff I was just like really thinking about all those like images and and concepts and stuff like that and I just like put that into this game and like I don't know if it's like well you know like I don't know if I'm putting that across like well enough but I think it's working well enough so you know Sure. And there's like a, a very distinct sort of texture to the way it's written. It is almost like a fantastical um, description of like very tangible, real settings. And I think that does come from the fact that, um, or it comes across that it's from the perspective of like imagining the real world again, which is such a, if we are to pull positives from the past two years of, you know, this bullshit, mm-hmm. like, Maybe maybe the opportunity to to see the world around us in a new way from that is one of those positives that we can try to draw. Yeah, I think it's that idea of being more much more aware of like the world around you and like appreciative of it in a way that is like it's kind of like part of that sort sort of stuff. And, yeah, and even just like yeah, I don't know, like and and I was just so like it had been like. I don't know. I I didn't get out of of the the, the greater Melbourne um, area <laughs> uh, for like at least a year or two. Um, so I was really, really. I just really wanted to go like in somewhere in the nature. Mm. Um, yeah. 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 And there's an irony to that because then your next game so discusses just deep underground chasms. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, the the latest game is Cycle, but you also have like a a, a little sort of manifesto. Um, manifesto narrative thing that you did for Manifesto Jack called the Evil Era. Um, I think you talk about them as a companion piece, and I do really want to consider them yeah. um, a, as a singular thing as well. Um, but maybe maybe talking briefly about Cycle on its own first of all, um, I would love to know sort of the background to this because I mm. think it, it's if I'm understanding correctly based on actual sort of urban legends from um melbourne and, and the places that you've been and fra- are from am i understanding that right or is there a sort of different context? yeah um <laughs> some of it is like real urban legends and some of it is stuff that i just made up oh, okay okay <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, which is always fun uh because you get to like uh invent new urban legends which is great um, I think, so like, this is like, um, something that I made for, uh, the Domino Jam. Um, I'm part of this club called Domino Club and they all, we all make, uh, strange games, <laughs> strange experimental games that are often about like space, uh, or, um, the underground and holes and, you know, like sexual things and, um, that sort of stuff and um it, it's great i really 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 love that that, that bunch <laughs> and um so like we all made like game like we all make for these jams like all the entries are made anonymously at first so like you kind of like choose a pseudonym and like do that um i was like honestly i wasn't like thinking about like hiding my identity at all because i was like well this is gonna be fucking a game about melbourne and i'm the only one from melbourne in that group (laughs) so um (laughs) but you know i was like i think it's more important for me to be like extremely specific in like what i'm trying to say um rather than you know like trying to conceal my identity like it's that's kind of like secondary to that um so i think like what i wanted to do was i i was like 
a few years ago, I had like come across these photos from the construction of the city loop, which is this underground like railway like under the city, and I was like, oh, these like the the vibes from these photos. Oh, it's like this, you know, the seventies, and and like it's all very like grainy and stuff. It's great, and I was like, oh, ooh, I want to make like a something about this, and then I forgot about it, um, <laughs> and then I remembered about it. Um, because like the, the theme of, uh, this gem was subterranean and I was like, whoa, whoa, I have all this, this stuff, all these ideas. I love holes. Um, and yeah, I just kind of wanted to explore, like, I was like, do I have it in me to make a horror story? Like some kind of like very like spooky thing. Um, so I kind of wanted to experiment in that and I, I wanted to use this very like kind of anchor I love that stuff in like personal um like geographical history and stuff and a lot of that is like kind of inspired by uh, the work of John Boyce who is my favorite writer um he is really amazing he's a sports writer which is you know I love sports <laughs> so <laughs> Um, so it works well for me. Um, but he makes these like really like a lot of his like more famous works like um, 17776 are like these speculative fiction, science fiction like stories. Um, and often like often like a lot of his writing like kind of relies on like really tiny historical anecdotes. And he kind of like just kind of like spins this web of narrative around like these tiny things and like finds meanings in them and it's really beautiful <laughs> like it's just like the way he does it is just like incredible he makes these like documentaries about like sports teams about like specific people about like these things and like it's so well written it's like legitimately this is uh, the probably the best documentarian in the internet era and I'm very, very glad to be living in the same time as he is making work. Um, but anyway, like that, that sort of stuff, I'm like, oh, I want to make like work like that, that is like very specifically about a very specific place, about things that happen there and like how to like kind of extrapolate a story from that, like a good story from that. So I was like, well, I live here. <laughs> so I'm going to like think of interesting things around here and, and try to like have something get something from that and like um and make it kind of weird and scary and uh the intro to the introduction the introduction chapter of of cycle is also like a story about the narr narrator's um grandfather being a coal miner um my grandpa is actually was actually <laughs> a coal miner but um the rest of it is completely made up <laughs> Oh, wait, actually, um, some of it is not made up. Like, there, there's, like, a specific, like, mention of an of an incident uh, with um, a lot of workers dying. Um, that is real. Um, and so, like, it's a, a, lot of, a lot of this work is, like, about, I mean, of, is me just kind of, like, mixing real things and things that I made up together. And, like, <laughs> you kind of, like, get this sense of, like, reality on reality. And, like, but a lot of it is, like, also reliant on like this idea that like in these stories of giant things in the underground who gets the short end of the stick um and like that sort of stuff is like very fascinating to me and of course it's always the workers yes. um 
so I kind of wanted to like kind of make something about that as well and just the idea that there is something very ominous mm. about the desire to <laughs> go underground, send people there that do the job for you and that sort of stuff. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, I've been rambling about this game. I love this. I love this. It's, it's great. <laughs> I, I'm, I really had so much fun making this. Mm. And, and it, it comes across really visually very distinct and different. Obviously, you talked about uh, those amazing photos um, and you've, you've done that. some kind of dithering to them by the looks of it. Yeah. <laughs> Which... Yeah. I love the dithering Sorry. makes me think of the PS1 era for some reason. Like, I don't mm -hmm. know, like the low poly... Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, it just gets me into that. Like, of it. Yeah. Yeah. Past yeah. kind of... Yeah, it's nice. I like it. <laughs> it's, it definitely... Yeah. So, sorry, go, go, go on. I, I was just going to say, is that like an intentional sort of um, departure from your previous work or is it just a case that this fit the story you wanted to tell so you did it this way um i don't know about departure i feel like it's like uh, i guess it is not like you know like the minimal pixel art that, I, that you would be used to um from my work like so far but i think like it's not that far off from like the the, the stuff that i've made before but maybe i'm maybe i'm wrong um but the dithering is like yeah, the aesthetic was, like, something that I specifically wanted because it kind of gives that, like, that quasi-archival quality of, like, all these things. Um, and it, it also just fucking, like, looks great. Yeah. <laughs> like, a lot of, like, a lot of my choices uh, for this is, like, this looks great. This looks cool. Aesthetically. <laughs> um, yeah, aesthetically. And, like, and, and I think it kind of also helps give that, like, almost uncanny... Um, I like vibe to it, like where it just kind of feels like, what am I looking at right now? You know, I think like there, there is that like sense that I kind of want to want to give, where like the 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 expressions on like someone's face are like completely like blown out, and you don't really know what they look like, and like it kind of has that like very haunting quality to it, and like that's kind of like what I wanted to include, I guess. And with the orange and black yeah. as well, you almost port your sort of monochromatic bitsy style into this different mm -hmm. set as well, which is which is pretty cool. Sorry, Paolo, I cut you off there. Go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say that uh, between the like monochromatic uh, style that you gave to the to the overall work and the dithering in the images, it kind of reminded me of like early two thousand sites where they tell like horror stories or like creepypasta and stuff. I yes. gave me like that vibe particularly, yeah. and it was awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm I'm so glad you bring that up because it's it's true. Like I, I think it's like that's totally the the lineage here um, of like it's a scary website. It's a weird website that you kind of like find out of nowhere. Like I, it definitely is like that sort of like meta almost like um, the meta textual like idea of like stories you find on the internet and you. And you like presume that they are made up, but some of it feels too real. Like, yeah. you know, and, and like that, that's why it's like the, the, that tension between real and unreal is so interesting, you know, and like some like creepypasta works are really, really interesting in that sense because they manage to like bring out that, that's that, that ambiguity. Um, yeah. And I think that's great. I think it's great. Yeah. 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 You could almost call it evil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. really, 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 really 
transition. Um, so <laughs> the evil era as a, a, a sort of a manifesto type thing, it's hard mm. to sort of talk about it without spoiling it. But I mean, do you want to sort of give us a, a Cliff Notes version of it and tell us how how you tie that in um, um, <laughs> with the cycle? Yeah, so like the idea of so, so like when I released a cycle, I was I I basically said in a tweet under the the tweet announcing it, I was like, "Welcome to my evil era" or something like that, like completely contextless, um, because I have I hadn't really defined what this this these words meant um, at that time until the manifesto jam came up, and I was like, you know what, maybe I can give meanings to these words. Um, and like, essentially like what the evil era means, what it is, is that evil is not like, you know, a moral, (laughs) moral judgment on like the work itself, but it's more about like this sense of like ungovernable, like will to make work that is just strange and un, like, it doesn't like yield you know like it, it doesn't meet you half like it doesn't really meet you halfway <laughs> not even halfway it, it just you just have to take it in and and see what it's doing and like just try to figure that out um and like it it, it is that way because it is like either hyper specific or like just esoteric or stylistically weird or you know like that sort of thing like it can be all, all sorts of things as long as it just like is like shockingly earnest like you have to be dead serious about how you know about making this thing because if you make it with like a, a irony or like haha sarcastic stuff like that sucks like I, I think that that is like that is the opposite of interesting to me <laughs> um so like I, I think it's it's about like really committing to um your vision no matter how weird or hyper specific or no one would get it um, that sort of stuff doesn't matter just do it anyway um, yeah. and also the idea that like this is a period that probably like it won't last long like I don't think like it, I would be constantly making work like this forever um, I'm aware that like these things just don't last and like that's fine like just you know enjoy enjoy these things while it lasts and and that's just you know part of the part of the fun is that it doesn't last forever yeah, you're almost recontextualizing evil as sort of brutal, unashamed honesty mm-hmm. and um, commitment to like what you want to make out of it, which is an interesting one. Um, and I suppose that kind of ties into to something that I pulled from one of your tweets. You, you were talking about, I think it might have been undercycled that you didn't think that this kind of game would ever be as popular as the bitsy work. I was hoping we could sort of dig into that a little bit, particularly so when we're talking about evolution of your work about Mm. Um, where you're going and I suppose how you feel about where you're going versus where you've been and and the changes there and the process of that Mm. I think like one of the biggest reasons why I think it won't be as popular is because like if there's just so much to read and people just don't like to read like (laughs) you know (laughs) that's a quote people just don't like to read people just don't like to read (laughs) Um, legit though (laughs) Yeah, and it's like, and that's fine. Like you know, like yeah, I'm I'm not mad at that. Like it's it, it really like I I recently got back into like reading books regularly, and it's so good. I love reading. I forgot that I loved reading, and 
um, which is why it's it's like, which is why probably I'm making work that is like a lot more text heavy in that sense. But um, yeah. I think like, and and the reason why it won't be popular as popular is probably also because it's like the subject matter is is like a lot, if not darker. It's like it's just less like there's less mass appeal about like a, a weird horror story <laughs> about like that is like mostly just vibes based and and like about the ominousness and there's no real like scary like visual but it's more it's all about like how it's implied and stuff like that i mean i guess there is like technically a, a, a legit ghost story in in the game in the cycle um i loved me i loved writing that yeah. i think i was always like the the type of person so I was like a really quiet kid as a child and but when we would go on like um school uh trips or whatever and there would be like you know those quiet moments um at night um I would be the one telling ghost stories like t scary stories <laughs> um to like my classmates and like oh, a lot of this stuff was like stuff that I would like you know watch on Japanese TV <laughs> Like where they would, so that like nice. that was like a, a that's like a, a cultural tradition. Like in the summer, you just like tell scary, scary stories and stuff. Like that's just the thing. And like so, like all these like stories, I would just like kind of like translate, and and they would like scare everyone. And I loved doing that, <laughs> even though I was like a very like quiet kid that just mostly didn't really care about like attention or whatever except in those moments and like like writing that ghost story like was like kind of like a callback to that moment it was like oh that's right I really like making people scared um <laughs> which is great well it's such um a sorry I was just gonna yeah, say go it's such a fun like I think that it ties into what you're saying about like the evil air kind of thing though of where like yeah it's not necessarily going to resonate with everyone but it will resonate and like that's sort of the, the beauty right like I, th I think sometimes if you make something where you're just trying to like I mean we've seen this so many times when you're trying to appeal to just like everybody suddenly you appeal to no one right mm -hmm. nobody yeah yeah yeah, yeah absolutely and the idea yeah with that like yeah this won't be as popular as my bitsy work but to the people with whom that resonates whoa it's gonna be great like and, and that's kind of like the aim I think it's like the smaller scale um less tangible success i guess in that sense and and that that interestingly both pulls back into evil era and also to a quote that i could not have pulled out better from the evil era to to quote through so it's like to make art that is so hyper specific that no one will get it except you your friends and your ungovernable beers across the world strangers united in strangers fuck the rest and i think the only reason I bring that up, it's not really to sort of toot my own horn at, yeah, I picked the right quote out, but it's, all, it's more, <laughs> I, I think that's a, a real nice pull through into sort of the evolution of your work and, and the things that maybe I and we have pulled through and also how you feel about it as well, looking back and, and then taking that view through into the future. I think there, there is a, a through line of connections mm. beyond physical space. And I think evil era and all those things sort of feed directly into that. Um, before we color it any further, I mean, how how do you see the evolution of your works this year? What what do you feel about how far you've come versus Nirvana? What what you've learned? What's changed? What you hope to continue to do? I know that's a really yeah. open question, but but take it. No, I think it's like I think it's a it's a good it's always good to kind of like sit down and like look back and like what you've done and and kind of like think about it. Um, I also think that like it's interesting to think about like my bitsy work because like so much of this work um 
still now, like a lot of people, like a lot of comments that I would get sometimes are like, well, this isn't really a game, you know? So it was like, I feel like none of the stuff, even the most popular stuff that I've ever made was never like mass appeal. Like it was never like for everyone. Mm -hmm. So like there is like that through line of like, you know, making strange work that is like that not everyone will get. Like that was always like the case. Like even when I was making comics for it, you know, like it's a lot of this stuff is just like, I don't know. It's just like the, <laughs> as, as I make more work, that image becomes more clear, but like, I think it's always kind of been there. Um, but yeah, um, I think like what is maybe the most striking about the evolution of my work since Novena is that, well, and we've talked about this, but like, I really, really have become more confident in myself as an artist, um, as a writer and like probably also as a person but you know like i don't know like that's yeah. that's who knows <laughs> um it comes comes together but even like the idea of like calling myself an artist right like i feel like i i used to be very like reluctant about that stuff like before novena um and now i'm just like yeah like i just fucking i make art like i'm an artist like so what <laughs> it's, it's just uh it's just like yeah like i have like a a body of work and like that's that's considerable and uh, you know like the, the, all this all these like every piece of work that I made even the ones that we didn't talk about like mm. they they would have like you know led me here like and and all of this is like it's not necessarily about becoming better every time but it's about like knowing what you're doing more every time I guess um which is great i think it's not about constant progress but more about constant i don't know constant like Growth. figuring out of things i guess yeah, yeah i, don't I know. mean you've definitely got you got a body of work enough to uh last a whole huge podcast episode which mm. I, yeah, I just want to so sorry no don't apologize no, don't, this is awesome it's our, it's our pleasure thank you so much for coming and we, being lo- here. we love this um i just don't want to keep you any longer because i know it's so late for you there no uh, it's fine at this point <laughs> at this point you're like we passed the rubicon like we're past yeah. that point but yeah, well, let's let's go i do really want to uh want to thank you so much though for coming on because like i said we've mm-hmm. we've been playing your games and we've been talking about them on the pod for a while and so it's just really exciting to get to have you come in and and chat about all this and uh just get to hear a little bit behind all of it it feels like it adds some excellent context for me too within the games as well and um, we're really looking forward to see what you come up with next <laughs> any yeah, final thoughts yeah this? i'm yeah, uh, sorry. <laughs> i just I kind know. of I, I think like, oh i know I'm, I'm just like reading like this like section of like through line of depth and stuff like that's also really really interesting <laughs> and like i would love to talk about this stuff as well but yeah um I don't know. I, I for now I'm I'm not really um working on I mean like what am I not what am I working on right now? Oh just work. Um <laughs> just, work. just normal. Regular regular work. Um but oh I'll, I'll be coming out with new things um soon enough. Um Well maybe sometime we can yeah. have you on again when you have new stuff and let's chat and get more into some of this yeah. too. <laughs> mm. Yeah, for sure. Right, yeah, I think that's yeah. That's. I don't know how to end this. Okay. I don't have a nice ending either. I uh, I just hope to God this one's recorded. It is. It is. It is. It is yes. good and it worked uh, and it's fine. Yeah. Oh, um, I've what to do it today. I'm Australian times. So like, right, take four. Yeah, Lord, it's like two a.m. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, for listeners too, 
Um, we've got all our games linked down below. Please go through and play. Check them out. Um, let us know what you think. And uh, that's it for now. Peace. Bye. Bye. Thanks, everyone.